Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to talk to Guy, who is the CEO and a co-founder of FreeWire. FreeWire is necessarily fintech that provides financial services for migrants and refugees. And we're going to find out what led him to this sort of business. How does that work? What kind of services they provide? And perhaps why other people or other institutions were not able to do it until now. So Guy, very warm welcome. How are you today? Uh, hi, thank you. I'm very happy to be here and doing well. How are you doing? All right. Good to hear. Good to hear. So what's your background? How did you get to do what you do today at Rewire? So I started as a developer at a very young age, around 13 or 14 years old. Initially as a hobby, later also for work purposes. I was then in the army as an officer for four years, which is a lot of more management experience rather than development experience. I studied computer science. I participated in one of the country's most known entrepreneurship programs in Israel. And then I started working at Microsoft initially as a developer and then as a product manager. This is also where I met two of my co-founders and we've been working together now for about 12 years. All right, brilliant. Now, as I said, you're the CEO and a co-founder of Rewire. So what is the Rewire's mission? What's the problem that you're trying to solve or Fill, if you're trying to fill a gap that you identified in the market. So Rewire's mission is to empower migrants from developing countries to fulfill their financial potential and build a more financially secure future, both to themselves and to their families are a very important part of their life and the context of our customers. Through our mission, we aspire to become a critical player in promoting financial inclusion and ultimately contributing to reducing financial inequalities worldwide. Now, the biggest gap that we are tackling is basically the inaccessibility uh, for migrants. So migrants have unique financial needs. They have them both in the country where they live. They have them in the country where they are coming from. And in the end of the day, they need to use between three and four different financial institutions for their overall basic financial needs. They are, of course, different than the needs of our other customers, uh, but they are not that complex. Uh, and this is in addition to the obvious challenges that they have when they migrate, such as their language, culture barrier, bureaucracy, and even discrimination at many times. In what we do, our solution is to provide a one-stop shop in order to serve all of the migrants' financial needs and, again, their families as well. Some examples of services we provide today include the local IBAN. We provide customers across Europe, a local debit card, social security payments, insurance, credit, and more that we that are in progress. And of course, we do it all in our customers' language. We employ people from the communities of our customers, uh, about 40% of the company from different nationalities than Israeli and Dutch, where we have our offices. And this is in order to better understand our customers' needs, culture, and language, of course. All right. Let's start from the beginning. What type of migrants do you have in mind? Are they long-term 
economic migrants. They come to a different country. They start to uh, make start their new life there. Or are these uh, as German-speaking part of the world people call call them pendlers or you know cross-border workers? Or are they refugees? Now that we are in a terrible situation, we are in. Yeah. Or all of the above. So I'd say. All of the above, but mostly people who migrated uh, temporarily for several years. So our customers are, at the end of the day, migrants who originate from developing countries in most cases, such as the Philippines, Nigeria, India, Thailand, China, and many more. We currently serve migrants that are coming from 20 different countries that are right now living in Europe, including the UK and in Israel. Now, uh, most of our customers are migrating for, for five to seven years and they have family members back home. So this is the temporary migration. In Europe, we also serve refugees as part of our core values. And in order to do that, we created a separate onboarding process that is specifically defined and designed for this customer base. I see. So what are the needs of uh, people who come to for work, let's say to Western Europe for five to seven years? They want to open a bank account and I guess they want to send money back home or anything else. Yeah, the, the difference between them and other local potential customers is the cross-border aspect. So they live in a new country, but they have financial liabilities in the other country. The services we provide include cross-border financial management uh, that is also for uh, their remittances and account for their family, bill payments, social security, and otherwise, but also a local banking solution that includes a local IBAN, debit card, local money transfer, and in the upcoming future, also solutions around communication, and uh, most importantly, access to additional financial services, such as insurance, cash deposit, and the seamless onboarding that we allow our customers. There's, there's a number of reasons why migrants are underserved in, in the population. Many of them have to do with bureaucracy and prejudice, but also a lot of how Local financial institutions don't really have the same capability of generating profit from these customers because they don't provide them with the services that they actually need. Right. Now, let's also talk about the refugees because everybody knows what's going on in the world these days. And we are having a huge wave of refugees coming into Europe. And is there anything from your services that can be adopted and helped right away? Of course, if you are in the war zone, a lot of people try to take out cash. We see the pictures or images of runs on the banks. But then you come to a, let's say, a refugee center in a new country and uh, you run out of cash. What can you do there except for getting help from the host country? So we can start helping once you're already in Europe, the UK or Israel. We, we cannot provide financial services while, while you're in your home country because we are licensed in Europe, UK and Israel. Uh, however, even if you are a refugee or any migrant worker, you can get from us a local account, a local debit card, local payments, international payments, and all of that without a proof of address, which is the most important piece when you're looking at blue-collar migrant workers and, and refugees. We must have some type of legitimate doc uh, identification document. This is a regulatory requirement that we have. But once we have that, we actually support you even in cash deposit and withdrawal. So you may not have a local bank account, but you can still work with us and get all of the financial services that a local customer would get from the local banks, especially the basic services that you need to restart your life in a way. And then over time, 
we help you build your credit history and, and insure you in order to make sure that your family is safe as well against different scenarios that may. It's great to hear a great point about the address. Now, how do you how does one open a bank account, right, with you? Because let's say I just crossed the border, want to do it, and I have a phone. Can I open it over the phone and scan my passport or something? Or how yeah, does that work? Exactly. So with us, it's not a bank account. It's a payment account. Our license is an electronic money institution license, which means we can open a local account with you with a local IBAN. We can hold money. We can issue with a payment method, a payment card. But this is not a full-fledged bank account. So it's the some small differences in how it is considered. However, in order to open that account, that can be done in under a minute if you have an identification document. So you scan uh, with your phone. You take a picture of your passport. You take a picture of your face, and through different technological measures, we actually verify this is the same person holding the phone and the, the passport, and then we open an account for you. In most cases, it happens under less than a minute. Right. So that's great to hear. Now, I know that you've you entered into a partnership or you got an investment from the insurer, insurer called Migdal. So if you use that as an example, how does your solution work for migrants from a perspective of the end, end consumer? And now we are bundling insurance on top of the payments, right? How does that work uh, with Migdal? So I'll say that our strategic investment with Migdal, which is one of the biggest insurance companies in Israel, allows us to enjoy their expertise in the field in insurance, but also opens doors to many potential partnerships. Uh, but if I talk about insurance in general, we now offer two main types of insurances. Uh, one is for our customers uh, in, in Europe, and the other one is to their family members. So to the family members, we provide family protection coverage in their home countries, in which our customers purchase the coverage for their family members back home, uh, through different types of coverages like hospitalization, typhoon damages in the Philippines, and more. And the other partnership that we recently launched with AAG is around accident insurance for our own customers. Uh, we identified these services as critical game changers for our customers because it enables them to know that their families are safe in cases of emergency. And this can give them the peace of mind that they need. So beyond just moving money back home, which is a critical aspect of our customers, also increasing their peace of mind through different future scenarios is something uh, critical. And we've seen many cases where customer actually, customers actually struggle uh, with events that have happened, taking loans from their friends and otherwise. And we want to insure them before this type of thing. So basically you talk about the migrants paying for the insurance coverage of their families back at home rather than an insurer for my insurance for migrants when they are already in Europe because yeah. no, so, we're doing, we're doing both. Have, uh, so we're doing yeah, both okay. around the insurance back home yes this is a, a coverage that our customers purchase for their families members however the insurance we provide with AIG in Europe is actually more of a loyalty insurance so if you send money with us uh, throughout some time we cover you automatically in Europe through AIG without any extra cost. So at the same cost of your money transfer, we actually give you additional coverage. Accident coverage. Exactly. Okay. All right. Now, you touched upon the point why the incumbents maybe overlooked this segment. And when you talk to investors, of course, you need to talk about money. So how big is the opportunity that you're tackling? So the opportunity worldwide is huge. We're looking at around 270 million migrants worldwide. If you look at more of our customer base, we're looking at roughly 150 million migrants, refugees, and otherwise. 
Now, this population is actually growing faster than the general population, which means every year more people migrate than people are born, uh, relatively speaking to the size of the market, of course. We estimate that the market for financial services is roughly at $3 trillion per year, which includes, of course, both remittance, but additionally also insurance and credit and savings for migrant workers. Right. Now, obviously, we talked about the services, right? And basically, the focus is on where you have the license, the payment account, and now the insurance as well. But that's the start, right? When you start managing your finances, it's you need to make a payment. Fair enough. Maybe you are saving as well. Maybe you uh, lose the job or you are on contract jobs, so you need some bridge between. So are you thinking about other products in when it comes to lending and saving as well, or if partnering up with other fintechs who do that, or how does that work? So, so definitely, yes. Our vision at the end of the day is providing the migrant and his family with all of the financial services that they would use throughout their migration, which means initially local accounts, remote accounts, money transfer between those accounts, but then the more advanced services such as insurance, credit, and savings. We want to provide all of these services in order to, at the end of the day, provide the customer with more value for the same cost that they would have otherwise. Which actually leads me to another question, because you say, look, uh, we overcame the problem of uh, maybe people didn't don't have the permanent address or don't have the address uh, for long enough, etc. But they need to have a mobile. So that maybe they do come with a mobile, but uh, maybe they want to get a local number and a local contract. They're working with the local uh, telco companies as well to basically have the essential part of technology in their hands so they can use the services? Or how, how do you think about that? So, so most of our customers already come with a smartphone, uh, already migrate with a smartphone. Their families don't always have a smartphone. We are in process of collaborations, uh, especially in Israel, but also soon in Europe, uh, in order to provide our customers with phones on, or phone service, etc. This is definitely something that is interesting for us because at the end of the day, when a migrant migrates to a new country, the first thing they would do is get a local number. Then they would need to handle all of their financial services. Uh, ideally, in the future, we would be able to give our customers all of these services even before they migrate to the new country. That would be great, of course. Now, let's dig into this a little bit more. What's the technology behind your solution? Because you mentioned from day one, the onboarding, right? You can use the face ID, etc. Are you using somebody else's solution that is embedded into yours or how does that work? Basically, what I'm getting at is that maybe because the incumbents didn't do it because they are using old style processes, manual processes, you using technology. So you can serve this segment much more efficiently, right? So what, what are your proprietary points or parts of that chain and which ones are the ones you can you can outsource? Yeah, so, so I'll say first that in general, our solution is about creating the bridges that we need between the different financial institutions that in many cases are in multiple countries. So between the bank in Europe and the bank in the Philippines or the cash withdrawal systems in the Philippines or in a mobile account in Nigeria, for example. So it's about connecting all of these financial services uh, this is a big point. These services are made possible through different strategic partnerships with both local and global financial institutions, uh, which, as I said, we are connecting. But then there's also all the piece around identification of our customers and the seamless onboarding we provide. As you asked, on one side, we do uh, outsource some of these activities. So we partner with companies who've already developed capabilities around that. 
but we bundle that into a seamless onboarding experience, taking into account the unique characteristics of our customers and the best services that are out there for multiple activities. Plus, a lot of that is being developed in-house in addition to the use of outsourcing. So it's a, it's a matter of both connecting many services together, outsourcing, but also unique development on our side that uh, takes into account exactly our customer base rather than a broad customer base. All right, understood. So, of course, the best of class, whoever is uh, best at doing things, either you in-house or externally, I get that in terms of business model, it sounds like you're heading towards being a platform or marketplace. So how do you make money or how do you plan to make money from this business? So, so today, most of our revenue is coming from the transaction fees themselves. So we provide you all of the payment services and financial services practically for free. And we only charge when you send money back home. And even that we do very competitively compared to the digital players uh, in the world and much more uh, cost-efficient than the local players. Uh, this is today. The more financial services we provide around insurance, credit, savings account, the more we want over time to make remittance for free. So in the future, you'll be able to send money with us for no charge, as long as you also use our other services. So at the bottom line, you'll be paying much less than you would pay other players, but getting many more services in, a one, in one place that you trust. All right, that sounds great. When you look at it from an incumbent's perspective, you see the fees that people have to pay for sending money abroad, etc. They're sometimes horrendous. Sometimes you also have startups or fintechs uh, I talk to that compare different routes, different ways to send money to a particular country. Uh, you can choose what's best for you, which is helpful. But how can you provide it more cheaply? Is this because of the business model or because of the... Uh, technology or your people are just located in cheaper labor countries or what's the magic here so it's around first of all doing everything digitally so many of our competitors would have many local branches we don't carry those costs which means we can actually provide you with a more cost-efficient solution second it is about how we acquire customers so we get to our customers through their communities so we don't have to pay the same cost of acquisition. And again, this is a lower cost we can then provide our customers. And lastly, we also partner directly with financial institutions in the home countries and not through the many aggregators in the field, which allows us to provide you both with a, a, a better service level, but not less important, a lower cost. And all of these additional or reduced costs we actually bring in advanced and more competitive pricing to our customers. Now, where other companies may generate a new service and enjoy more revenue, we generate new services in order to reduce the cost of the remittance. So we would give you many services practically at cost and reduce your cost of remittance because we can generate more revenue from additional services. So over time, we want to grow the services bundle we provide in order to reduce the cost of remittance. All right, understood. Now, you mentioned that you're based in Israel. So where are you active? If you pick your key markets within the EU that you mentioned, where do you have people on the ground? Or maybe you don't need to have it, but people are physically elsewhere. But uh, where are your clients based? So our clients are all over the European Union, the UK and Israel. Today, we have many more customers active in Europe than in Israel, but our employees are in multiple European countries and in Israel, which is the, the parent company. 
I see. All right. Let's let's hope that you get the financial services to the hands of people that need it, especially nowadays, of course. I know that moving on to the last couple of questions here, it is very hard to focus on things outside of day-to-day business and especially with what's been going on for the past few years and past few weeks as well. But if you do have a moment, would you be able to recommend a a favorite business book to the listeners that maybe they can use as a springboard for their businesses? Definitely. So I'll start by saying that there's not a lot of time to read, but there is a lot of time to listen, in my opinion, which is why I love both podcasts and audiobooks. Uh, so I, I hear many audiobooks. The, a recent one that may, I'm not that recent, a few years ago, that is the one that I like a lot is The Hard Things About Hard Things. Uh, building a business when there are no easy answers by Ben Horowitz. And the reason why I liked it is because many business books talk in general or from positive experiences. And in Ben's book, he takes uh, critical points in his career and speaks about the hard things in, in, in those places. And that resonated with many of the things that as a company you handle and different challenges along the way. So to me, it was a very sincere and open book which I could learn from his experience, which I highly appreciate. So that, that would be my recommendation. Great. Amazing. This comes back every every now and then. I think uh, at least uh, six guests by now on this podcast recommended <laughs> it. So it's we are in uh, some sort of a special fan, fan club or something. <laughs> but in any case, uh, to wrap up, what's the best way to reach out and find out more about Rewire? How can you get a payment account or if you want to be a business partner of Rewire? So in general, as a customer, our website, rewire.com, would be the best place for you. Uh, As a potential partner, we'll be always looking for additional financial institutions, other partners, investors as well. Uh, The best way would be probably our business email, which is business at rewire.to, or through our website or my LinkedIn as well. So uh, feel free to reach out uh, to, to me there. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Guy, and good luck to Rewire. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.